0: Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Calvin Bouchard building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, JD's Revenge. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. What are we talking about tonight?
1: JD's Revenge.
0: <laughs> just so, so cute and peppy when you said that.
1: J.D.'s revenge.
0: <laughs> it's not that happy a movie, huh?
1: It's very happy. What are you talking There's about? Cuddles
0: and puppies, in
1: he's gonna get revenge. Aren't you happy?
0: <laughs> we're talking about let, let, let's 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 try that again. No. we're going to be talking about the black exploitation movie J.D.'s Revenge. See, that sounds more like what the movie's about when you say it that way. <laughs> It's so cute the way you said it.
1: <laughs> Fine, you can do it alone.
0: <laughs> well, it's just you and me tonight, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're back. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we've uh, you know, we've talked about some of the black exploitation horror movies before.
1: The what movies?
0: Black exploitation horror movies.
1: You stumbled over that. That's funny. It was blah blah blah.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> Edit it out, leave it in. I don't care. <laughs> it makes me sound more human if you leave in a few mistakes. Yeah. A few of the ums and ahs. You don't know how many ums and ahs and stutters that Phyllis edits out of this when when she goes to edit the podcast. There are a lot. Um, 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 um makes me sound half way intelligent when you do that. <laughs> but anyway JD's revenge. JD's revenge. Yeah, well, like I said, we've talked about some of the black exploitation movies before. I know we did one on Sugar Hill, which is one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, that was not me though. That was
0: Craig, yeah, I Yeah, Craig and I did that. And uh, yeah, you know, i shot. Come to think of it, I don't know if we've done any other podcast on them. We did that panel. Yeah, we did that a panel presentation on black at Mar's Con and mm-hmm. uh, on the black exploitation horror movies. And we may have left this one out. And this one does get left out a lot of times when you're talking about black exploitation horror cuz it's not really a horror movie. It it's not, it's not a monster. No, there's no vampires or zombies or Blackensteins. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, like, like
1: the guy gets possessed by. Yeah. JD. It's a possession movie, like yeah. a
0: ghost story almost.
1: Right, but it's not. It's not about. It's not about the possession and trying to get exorcised. No. It's just about JD yeah. possess the dude well, to the try plot. and get revenge. Okay, let's yeah. go. Just go with the plot
0: real quick. What okay. happens? It starts off in like 1940 something New Orleans. Yes. And. It's gangsters and mobsters and, um, you know, black gangsters. And J.D. Walker. J.D. Walker <laughs> is uh, this gangster. And is it, he's got the hots for the girl.
1: No, it's his sister. Oh, it's his sister. That's right. Yeah, it's his, it's sister his
0: sister. And the preacher's married to her. Well, not the yes. preacher at this point, but Lou Gossett's character, who later becomes a preacher, a yes. born-again uh, evangelist. He's married to her, but his brother is confronting her in his warehouse, his meat packing plant warehouse. And she's like having Theodos or something. Theodos, yeah. They had had an affair and she's having his baby. Right. But she's not but Lugasa doesn't know it. She's threatening to tell him. Theotis slits her throat. Yes. J D has come in at that point, sees it. Theodos runs away. Oh, we think he runs off. J D goes up to see what's wrong with his sister and is, you know, is like he's got, blood, he's yeah. got blood on his hands when he hands. touches her. Lugasa comes in, sees J.D. kneeling down. He yells at him. J.D. flips around, pulls his razor out because he's startled. Yeah. Lugasa thinks J.D. killed his own sister. And then Theotis shoots J.D. to shut him up, but looks like he saved the day. Right. Okay, then it flashes forward. Yeah. That's the that's 20 years or
1: something. Now we're in the 60s, yeah? Now
0: we're in the 70s. In the 70s. I'm
1: sorry. That's right. We're in the 70s.
0: And we get introduced to Isaac. I forget the character's last name.
1: I can't remember either.
0: Anyway, played by uh, Glenn Turman.
1: Yes, who is amazing.
0: Yeah, we'll talk more about the cast in a minute. And he's a cab driver and he's going to law school and he's got his his shit together and Mm -hmm. got a girlfriend. They live together, I think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, doing good. And they go with some friends to a nightclub where the the lady's doing hypnotizing guys on stage. Yeah. And he goes through the whole thing of, oh, you're so hot, you know, and they take off the jacket. Oh, you're so cold and somehow during that him being hypnotized and looking at the lights, he gets possessed by the spirit of J D. Walker.
1: Yeah. And we don't know why he picks J D or why J D picks Ike. Yeah. We don't know, you know, if that was exact I mean, we assume that yeah. is the reason he was possessed. The the hypnotist somehow. Maybe we we'll go back and watch the it. beginning
0: of it again just to be clear on that. Yeah. Day.
1: Well I mean the the preacher tells him at the end that it can happen at any time to anybody. Yeah. Doesn't really, they never put it together at the end. The reason yeah. he was possessed was and because of that hypnotism. Odd.
0: Yeah, we'll go, wait, let's go back. I know, but yeah, I'm just we'll saying the, the hypnotism
1: part is never yeah. put together at the end that that's why he oh, was yeah. possessed. Oh, yeah, they don't know. Yeah. They never but, come back to that. But that's why, that's we when know. we know that it yeah. happened. So it was just kind of odd so, that they even had that happen yeah, there, but As whatever. the
0: movie goes on, he slowly gets, he has spurts of getting possessed by J.D. and slowly gets taken over more and more by him, mm-hmm. I and mean, then he, Stumbles into the church where Lou Gossett's character is the is the preacher, mm-hmm. and he's having flashbacks to what happened. Matter of fact, did we see in that, it didn't show you that Theotis slit her throat at the beginning. It shows you, you see an, right. You
1: she's, it shows you that a person slits her yeah, throat. Yeah, you don't see the- You the, see the, the back of him.
0: Yeah, so we think it's J.D. that did it too at this point. Yes. Until later no, in the no, film. No.
1: no, you don't think it's J.D., you just think it's some other guy because JD clearly sees the the oh, okay, his sister okay. get killed. But and he we also see over it's to her.
0: The later in the film. Yes, when you have more. Did of you a watch flashback. this movie? You know, it was yesterday, <laughs> and then we had Flick It last night, and all that stuff. And I've been breathing all day. I'm tired. But uh... <laughs>
1: yeah, so no, you know somebody killed her. Then yeah. it wasn't JD, but Lou Gossett's character comes in, the Rev, and he. He killed I JD. His name. When JD walks into the the church, you kind of think he's there to get revenge on the Reverend. Well,
0: not JD. When... I
1: meant well. Yeah, JD walks in. As JD. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's JD at yeah, that point. Yeah. He walks in, and you think he's there to get revenge on the Reverend for killing him. Uh-huh. And you kind of put it together a little bit later that that's not exactly all of what he's there for.
0: Yeah. The Reverend's daughter, who looks is apparently is a spinning image of her mother. Yeah.
1: Played by the same actress. Played by, by the, the same way. actress, so of course. Beautiful by the way. Yeah, she really is stunning. Um,
0: let's see, what was it? Alice Jubert, mm-hmm. who really didn't do a whole lot. She did some T V movies and she was in Friday Foster. Yeah, she has Cap amazing Greer. eyes. Oh yeah. Piercing, beautiful eyes. You know, and she's one I'm surprised she didn't do more though. Because mm-hmm. she is beautiful as she was. Yeah, like, and she
1: was really good. Yeah. She yeah. was
0: great. I mean, there was there was a couple other secondary or third tier people who weren't very good actors, but everybody yeah. else was really good and she yeah. was a natural. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, to me, she was kind of like Marky Bell from Sugar Hill. Mm-hmm. Beautiful girl. Yeah. Only did a few things, right. a handful of things, and out, yeah. out of the business. Right. And I was like, why?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Get back to the plot real quick. They all meet at the meatpacking and plant, and JD gets his revenge.
1: There's Indeed. a wrestling
0: around for the gun. Theodos gets shot. The end is very strange because it's like it, for a 70s movie, a you know, horror movie, action movie, whatever, it should end there. Yeah, with him, at the meet, with him getting shot, and they all looking like, oh, you know, and, uh, surprise or shock, and, and the credit should roll. But no, it goes on another five minutes or so Yeah, at the police station, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of ends like a TV show. Yeah. Where you have the yeah, resolution does. after the last commercial, like, okay, guys, you're cleared of all the charges. Yeah. You mean I was hypnotized? I was possessed? Yes, you were possessed. It could happen anytime, anywhere. And then- He comes out to his friends. Who uh, there's a lot more that went on in the movie. Oh yeah, this is a quick overview. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff we didn't go into. He beat up his girlfriend once or twice. Yeah,
1: attempted to rape her. Yeah, so his girlfriend, by the way, also amazing. Oh yeah, she was fantastic fantastic in that. Yeah, that was
0: oh Joan Pringle was her name, Mm -hmm. and she did a lot of TV in the did she uh, 70s 80s. Yeah, okay, she was really good. But at the end, after he comes out from, you know, the police said, "Okay, you're free to go." And then she's out there with her friend and and their friend Phyllis, haha, huh yeah, huh. <laughs> And a friend who guy who's the doctor who had a great line. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. That was horrible, but it was funny as hell. <laughs> about how you how you need to treat women. <laughs> it's just oh god, god awful. You but will anyway, cringe, trust me. Yeah, but they're waiting there for him and they just kinda, you know, awkwardly joke about what went on. Like like I guess kinda like rural people would do to like Okay, we we've, we've had this weird situation. But yeah, it's try okay, to relieve so. the tension. <laughs> and then they just kind of like walk off. You Expect to see them like do that laugh and freeze, like ha, <laughs> and the credits roll like at the end of Naked Gun, and, you know, yeah. like police squad. But yeah, it's weird because it ends with that ending. There, it feels like it ended like a TV show mm-hmm. instead of a movie from that era. Yeah, it which does. is really odd. Now, backtracking throughout the film, now back into the film some.
1: Yeah, we're it's, jumping all over the place. But yeah, that's just a quick overview us. of the plot. <laughs>
0: it's really a pretty damn good movie. It's a really good it's movie. It shot well. Yeah. You know, the, the cinematography is, is really good. Yeah. The copy we had is DV, just a standard DVD copy that came out. Uh, God, I can't remember when it came out. I've had it for a good while. Mm-hmm. It's good quality on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that DVD copy that we watched is not available anymore. And <laughs> apparently, it hasn't been put out on Blu ray or anything. Oh, wait. Yes, it has. Yeah, I'm sorry. I take that back. It has been put out on Blu-ray. I'm consulting the Magic Oracle right now for 27.99 if you want it on Blu-ray. Wow. But you can watch it on Amazon Prime for free if you have Whoa. Amazon Prime. Nice. So check that out. And of course, we'll run the trailer on the Facebook page. Yes. When we upload a bunch of photos and all that good stuff. So check the Facebook page out. Indeed. I, You know, I want to say it's a little different. Than a lot of the black exploitation stuff, but yeah, I don't know if I could say that because there's various degrees of of quality, and it gets the black exploitation genre. It gets kind of a rap for being cheesy a lot, yeah, because of that era in the '70s that it really came out of, because it was really just a few years in the '70s, yeah, where it was like boom, this just explosion of black exploitation movies.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of more the time than the yeah, and I think genre. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: but. You know, but then you have titles like Blackula and Blackenstein and Doctor yeah. Black and Mister Hyde, right? And those are the varying degrees too in those particular films. Blackula is actually, for the title being kind of cheesy, is really a good vampire movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially for for the seventies, it's a good vampire movie. Blackenstein is really horrible. <laughs> Doctor Black and Mister Hyde is not that great a movie. It it's got good actors in it. All the people that are in it, Bernie Casey, Rosalind Cash, are really good. But the movie itself, the story is like, eh, you know, whatever. Abby's another one which I wasn't real keen on watching it. But anytime William Marshall was on screen, boom, his scenes were great. Sugar Hill's another one that was just fun the whole time. And this is one that I think is just a good straight ahead, I guess is more of a drama than anything else. Kind You could put it in with the horror stuff because the possession angle. But that's the only element of it that has any kind of supernatural bit. Yeah. I There's mean, no ghost really, stuff in it.
1: It's really more of a action drama, I guess. I yeah. mean, it, it doesn't feel... When I say drama, I mean, drama to me always makes me feel like I'm going to walk away with a box of tissues, you know? But it's not like that. Yeah. It's a drama action whatever, but it it doesn't feel like a horror movie, no, because it's not like you ever experience the possession. You don't see that on screen. He's not trying to get it exercised or anything like that. The
0: only thing you really see is you see sometimes when he looks in the mirror, you see J.D.'s face looking back at
1: him. Yeah, sometimes he's laughing at him or something. I'll tell you, though, what's his name? Glenn? Glenn Turman? Glenn Turman,
0: yeah. That man
1: is amazing. He deserves... Way more credit than oh, he's yeah, ever he ever got. Oh yeah, he was
0: great in it. Going back from being kind of just regular guy, kind of Glenn, kind of you know just regular Ike. nice guy. Yeah, uh, going
1: from Isaac to JD. I mean, Isaac, not yeah. Glenn. Yeah, well, actor. yeah, but but watching him turn, you could tell as soon as he happened to yeah. turn from Isaac to JD, it was it was amazing. It was good. Yeah, it he was, was really really good. really good.
0: Now wait, let's let's talk about the cast for a minute, okay? Glenn Turman, who's still working by yeah, the way. Yeah, he's done a lot. He was in Bumblebee. Yeah. The Transformers movie. John Dies at the End, Super 8, Gremlins, a bunch of TV mm-hmm. between now and, but, you know, from now through this back through the 70s. He was in A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich <laughs> and Cooley High. You know, there's, there's just a few of the things that he, he's been in. Mm-hmm. Joan Pringle, who played his girlfriend, lots of TV appearances, one-offs on TV. Mm-hmm. Fred Pinkard, who was Theotis, mm-hmm. lots of TV mm-hmm. appearances through the years. Alice Jubert. Who was Theotis uh, Lou Gossett's daughter oh, Okay, And played her mother in the flashbacks mm-hmm. A few TV movies Not a lot, she did a, a couple of TV movies She was in Friday Foster and Out of the Business David McKnight, who played JD mm-hmm. Tons of TV He's appearances done a lot. over I've the I've seen Hitman stuff before Up through 2017, yeah, at least Tons yeah. of TV He was also in Under Siege with Steven Seagal He was one right. of the Navy commanders Yeah, and Lou Gossett, pff, well, everything. The, everything. Yeah. Everything. And also, too, I was doing some research I'm Rhonda Sheer, from USA's up all night. Was one of the girls in the flashbacks. Huh. In the in the 40s. Now, here's something kind of interesting, talking about people involved in this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Adolf Caesar, black actor. He was in The Color Purple soldier story. He was the sergeant in The Intense Sergeant in Soldier Story. Narrated the trailer for this. Okay. He's got a pretty distinctive voice. He also narrated a trailer for uh, Romero's Day of the Dead, hmm. Dawn of the Dead, two *Black Blackula movies, and and quite a few other things like that. Mm-hmm. But what a name, Adolf Caesar. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that's something.
0: <laughs> this one, I think, turned, not really turned a lot of people off, but a lot of people haven't watched it as much or seen it. Because you look at the, the DVD box and the video box art, mm-hmm. and I have to, when I look for the pictures to put up for this... I'll have to double check on this. But I know the DVD box is eh.
1: It's not very exciting. <laughs> it's just
0: got two faces on it.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, it doesn't show oh, anything. Oh, floating ab-
1: heads? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty, it is,
0: it is. And nothing about the movie, nothing to pique your interest in what the movie's about. Wow, that's sad. You know, and I'm not sure if, the, if there was a VHS box, and I'm sure there was, it was on VHS, what that looked like. But mm-hmm. it's probably the same thing. You know, the poster was kind of cool. Okay. That's got, I think, like a, a tombstone and then like spirit heads coming out of, you oh, know. Oh yeah. So that leads you to think, oh, okay, I might yeah. be interested in this. But the DVD, it does not, the artwork, nothing to draw you in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It could be anything. It could be a gangster story. It could be two. It could be two drug pushers. It could be just two guys. It could be anything. You don't know. Right. And that's the that's the important part of movie posters is to draw you in and make you interested in what's going. You know, want to be interested in what the movie is about.
1: Yeah, well, it's really a shame because this was a, a really good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. It's very underrated, I believe.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Definitely, i Paul watching it again here. I haven't seen it in a lot of years. I watched it uh, kind of a few years ago, and I enjoyed it then. I thought, you know, well, you know, we have to talk about this sometime on the podcast. And we finally got around to doing it, and I'm glad we did. I'm glad you got to see it. You mm-hmm. know, you watched it with me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad I did too. I liked it a lot. You know, it's funny that, not funny, it takes place in New Orleans, and you get to see a little bit of New Orleans. Um, yeah. You know, like the, the nightlife a little bit, that that first bit when they go out and when yeah. they find the comedy club or whatever, and then you get to see the one place where he goes to the grave and he sees, you know, his grave or whatever. Uh-huh. But there's not a whole lot of New Orleans in it.
0: Because? Because why? It wasn't shot in New Orleans.
1: Oh, well, where all was it shot?
0: Some of the research I did mm-hmm. says... Location, Richmond, Virginia.
1: Well, that's practically in our backyard. Holy crap!
0: So, <laughs> but you can't tell anything yeah, I was gonna specific. Yeah, say, nothing looked
1: familiar to me. Well, I wasn't paying attention enough to well, look and, at locations, you know, I guess. It, and it was in the seventies.
0: Yeah, it was in the seventies. Things have changed a lot, but there was nothing that was distinctive. Mm-hmm. There was a side street that looked like because I mentioned it, it looked like New Orleans. But then again, there's a street just like that over in Ghent, and downtown Norfolk. Yeah, that's true. That if you go off Brambleton. It's like you stepped into New Orleans for a, for a block. Yeah, you know, so that could have been anywhere, but it looks like new, enough like New Orleans.
1: Yeah, true. That's true. Well, interesting. Yeah. So, what about the music in this? Did you like the music?
0: Yeah, the music was cool. And if now here's something: Rotten Tomatoes has this wrong, and a couple okay. other places says that the soundtrack was by a young unknown Prince. Did the soundtrack?
1: That's his last name.
0: Robert Prince is the guy that did the soundtrack.
1: It's not Prince.
0: <laughs> so, Rotten Tomatoes is not right about everything. Yeah, the guy's name was Robert Prince. It was not the artist formerly known yeah. as or whatever. We'll throw a little bit of soundtrack onto the podcast here. And you are find your name.
1: What's your name? Cheryl. Yeah. What's yours? J.D. Walker. The Boss Talker, the Walter Walker. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you really something else? That's right. Me and Jesus. Yeah, there's a there's quite a bit of of cool background music in this. I thought. Actually, the music was good.
0: You don't even need to go to Amazon Prime. Oh. Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. Oh, it's
1: on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know about the quality, but. Regardless, well, I was interested in the music on this movie, so I went researching Robert Prince, and so now I have a new movie we have to watch. What was that called, Rob?
0: Oh, jeez. Such a long title. You tell me, what was it? I can't even remember. And it's not on YouTube.
1: No, it's not. It was, oh, dad, poor Poor dad. Dad. Mama's hung you in the closet, and I'm so sad. (laughs)
0: Which actually has been done as a play numerous times. Well, it
1: started as a play. Yeah, it started
0: as a play. And then
1: they made a movie. Apparently it's some kind of farce. A farce in three acts.
0: This is funny. Robert Prince did the music for the play. The play, not the movie. When the movie came out, Neil Hefty did the music. Yes, and Neil
1: Hefty is?
0: The guy that wrote the theme to the 66 Batman show. And let me tell you. Among other things.
1: If you did not know that he did the music for the 66 Batman show, and you were listening to the soundtrack for this movie I just talked about, the Mama's Hung You (laughs) in the Closet thing. There's a bit in there you would know for sure because it sounds just like it. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, sounds like it's written by the same guy, yeah.
1: For sure. Anyhow, so yeah, if anybody has seen this movie, you need to let me know because I've got to track it down. (laughs) The name alone (laughs) means I have to watch it.
0: Oh, now I did mention the director of J.D.'s Revenge, Arthur Marks, no relation to Groucho, directed uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. He did... Black Exploitation stuff, Monkey Hustle, Bucktown, Friday Foster. He even directed Linda Lovelace for President. <laughs> Which I bet I could count on my hand the number of people I know that have seen that probably. Uh he also did some T V. He directed episodes of Dukes of Hazard, Starsky and Hutch, and quite a few other things. Pretty decent director, I would say, because the movie moves along in a good clip. It's never boring in any part. It doesn't slow down. Yeah. It keeps going at a, at a pretty good pace the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, right from the beginning. You know, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't have any real highs and lows. It's no, just no, steady it's just, all the yeah. way through. Buckle keeps in your, and go. Yeah, it yeah, keeps you interested in wanting, you know, okay, come on. What's next? What's next? I do like Glenn Turman has fun playing J.D.,
1: though. Oh, you can
0: tell. Yeah. You know, because he just, especially when he gets <laughs> completely possessed. Yeah. Like, ha, ha, J.D. Walker. <laughs> Just full of himself. So, you're a
1: jack preacher now, huh, Elijah? <gasps> yeah, that's right. It's JD Walk. Where's that good for nothing brother of yours? <laughs>
0: It's amazing. Having a ball he's, <laughs> I'm going to take your car. <laughs> that, that was hilarious. Was, <laughs> this is one scene where he, he, he bids this girl, he meets at his club. Yep. And he's getting dressed and she's like, oh, man, maybe I should have paid you or something like that. She says some kind of line like that. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. And then the front door opens and she's like, oh, shit, that's my old man. And she's freaking out trying to get dressed and he's just standing there like straightening his collar and not even he and, is not worried pick at all up his hat. he don't care it's like that guy walked into his world right it's a big dude that comes in and, and uh you know Isaac's not a big dude yeah I mean, he's, he's very fit, small but he's not a big dude yeah and this guy comes in and he's just starting to get pissed off and, and Isaac's JD walks out like with his hat in his hand and like not caring a bit and <laughs> he just talks some trash to the guy yeah he
1: it, walked out and he said something like I slept with your woman. Yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah. What's it to you, kind yeah. of thing?
0: and <laughs> hey, you know, watch it, I'm gonna do you next. That's what almost what his yeah. attitude was, you know. Oh, God. And the guy comes after. Him, he pulls his razor and it cuts him. And he's like, hey, "Come on," you know. And the guy comes. And he like cuts he just him twice. Keeps charging and him, and it, yeah. And it cuts him again three times. And and the girl's crying. And, and it, oh, what does he say? He says something about the guy or the girl, and then he reaches up on the mantle and grabs, grabs her keys He says, I'm going to take your con. <laughs> like, this is my consolation prize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: hilarious. And there's
0: nothing you can do about it. Right. <laughs> I'm taking your con. Good That's the best line in the movie. His delivery of it is what makes it the best. Everybody, we keep going back to, you know, talking about the people that are in it and how good the performances are in most of it. Everybody's really good in it. Lou Gossett, is, Lou Gossett goes without saying. Yeah. Well, you know? you
1: know, it's Lou Gossett. He's amazing. Yeah.
0: But he's playing, his character is this reformed gangster, yeah. born again. And he really is. Yeah. He's not yeah. putting on. No. His brother is just going along with it to make money. Yep. And he'd be a part of it. Mm-hmm. The And that guy plays that. Kind of gritty, slimy Smarmy, kind of guy, yeah. really well. And Lou Gossett really pulls off the, you know, I believe what I'm doing. Yeah. I believe in the Lord. I believe that He's chosen me and I have to I have to go and meet with J D and save his soul. Yep. Yep. You know, he, he, recognizes- he really he legitimately believes that he needs to do that. And yeah. and that's helping him atone for being bad in the past. Right. Yeah. At some
1: know. point he recognizes that this boy Isaac has been possessed by JD and he realizes he needs to go and exorcise him or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, save both of them. Yeah, save to JD's save JD's soul and save Isaac's soul. Yeah, and he truly he truly is trying to to be a good guy and do the right thing. Yeah, he yeah. he really believes that. I mean, he knows that he killed JD because he thought that JD killed his wife. Yeah. But he doesn't know that What uh, the otis? The killed. otis, well, he doesn't know that Theotis killed his wife.
0: No, but he knows Theotis shot J.D.
1: That's right. Yes, sorry. Right, yeah. yes.
0: And But that all comes out at the end. We have more of a flashback from J.D. and all
1: that. Yeah, yeah.
0: And we get shown that. And then we're like, oh, yeah. aha. Right. You know, and there's
1: the the revenge that is taken at the end is not the revenge you might imagine. It's not that, it, well, you can watch it to see. But while that whole revenge scene is going on and, and the, people are fighting over the gun yeah. and blah, blah, blah. You know, J.D. is over on the side with his razor in his hand and his arms outstretched. He's just spinning in circles, cackling, yeah. you know. I swear, the whole time he was doing that, I was like, God, he'd make a great joker. <laughs> 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 he was very jokeresque.
0: Yeah, because he's just laughing because the whole thing's coming to a head, and it's the preacher, the daughter, and the Otis mm-hmm. are wrestling for the gun. Yeah. And the gun goes off. And Theodos gets shot. Now, we don't know if he shot himself, who pressed the trigger, because they were all holding it. Yeah. Now, one thing, this is kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. We didn't really, I think we mentioned it when we saw it, but then we kept watching the movie and didn't come back to it. hmm Isaac goes to bed mm-hmm. with Roberta, the preacher's daughter, right? Yes. While he's possessed as J.D. or as Isaac? While he's I, possessed as J.D. because Isaac yeah, wouldn't do that.
1: You're right. We did mention that.
0: So he goes to bed with his niece.
1: With his niece. You're right, sister. Yeah, kid. I, I mentioned that when when it happened, and then we got caught so up in the film. And JD I didn't talk isn't about really it
0: again. you know a nice guy.
1: <laughs> he was a gangster. Yeah, yeah, that's a little screwed up. Yeah,
0: so he, the spirit of JD, he, he bids his niece, but he did that, I guess, to kind of get back at Theodis or what I don't know
1: that is so screwed up
0: yeah yeah that's messed up
1: yeah well yeah because Isaac was still trying to make things right with his his girlfriend yeah you know he wouldn't have cheated on his girlfriend because he he loved her
0: going back to his performance too now he does that good that tortured bit like when he's possessed by JD and then coming out of it and he's like you know tore up yeah because when he comes
1: when he comes out of it he it's like he's blacked out he doesn't remember being JD at all in
0: between there's a couple parts where he's like just let me go Mm -hmm. you know looking in the mirror and stuff like that yeah and it's yeah which really is weird
1: because it's there's like these weird transitions where he he blacks uh well, say blacks out he he wakes up and he doesn't remember anything yeah. that he did but there's also a few moments where he's kind of coming out of being possessed and he recognizes that something's screwed up and that he's being possessed and he does say stuff like you know let me go yeah. you know get out of me or whatever he yeah said. i don't know if he says get out of me but he's like let me go so he must recognize that he's been possessed you know he sees jd in the mirror instead of himself in the mirror Yeah. so he sees what's happening but then he doesn't remember again later so it must be some weird transition part
0: yeah he does those little those little character bits like jd had a scar on the side of his face every once in a while you'll see i isaac kind of rubbing his face where that scar what you know is on jd yeah and uh, and stuff like that. It's kind of cool. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of really, really good moments with him where he just really transitions between the two characters very yeah. well. Yeah, he he deserved a lot of credit for this part. Oh, he did yeah. a
0: great job. Yeah, I mean, I really like this movie. Of course, you know, I really like the black exploitation genre mm-hmm. a lot. I, I like a lot of the movies in it, and that probably goes with because I just like that era of of film of. Everything. Just about anything from the 70s I have an affinity for. Right. I remember being a really little kid in the 70s mm-hmm. but hanging out with my older cousins so mm-hmm. I got to see more stuff. Yeah. You know, maybe it's a nostalgia thing or whatever but the black exploitation genre it seems to me is kind of a lot of those movies are the epitome of 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, more so than a lot of the other movies. Right. And I don't know, maybe that's because they were such a part of the Middle 70s, and then they were gone,
1: yeah, maybe.
0: But it's really cool because you do get to see if you do like that era of film, anything that comes out of that era, you get to see a lot of fashion, mm-hmm. a lot of the architecture, a lot of the decor. And that's when I'm watching these movies, that's a lot of stuff I'm looking at. I look at the clothes, I'm looking at the background, like what kind of the furniture was in the rooms, what kind of decorations, and uh, because it's a whole atmosphere thing for me, yeah, you know.
1: Well, you saw what I pointed out when we were watching,
0: which was what
1: the. Oh, what was the thing? The owl. What's that thing? Oh, called? that macrame owl macrame on the wall. Macrame owl yeah. on the wall. It's like, look, macrame owl. Yeah, right
0: by the door, they have all those big, in one of the rooms, this big macrame owl on the <laughs> stick wall hanging <laughs> thing that everybody had, one of those in the 70s.
1: There was one in my house. Yeah,
0: <laughs> That and everything else. And Of course, when they go to the club and it's the, you know, the music, the mm-hmm. 70s, funk music and all that cool stuff. Now, oh, you want to talk about the other night while I was working on some stuff, I put on Dolomite, The Human Tornado. You talk about some seventies fashion <laughs> <now>. <laughs> and some of the club scenes. Woo, boy! But that's a whole different story and a whole different uh, podcast right there. Yes, indeed. Good God! I would definitely recommend checking this one out. If you like the seventies, if you like black exploitation stuff, if you if you like black exploitation horror, or you, know, you just supposed to see you know pretty decent movie. Just a something different. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's well worth it, and you know, I just want
1: to see some good acting. Yeah, you can watch <laughs> it for free
0: on YouTube
1: or Amazon Prime. Or
0: Amazon Prime, you know, if you don't have the DVD. There's not, not much violence. In it. There's the you see the throat slit, uh, which is not Very graphic small. and gory. Yeah, you see that a, a few times over and over in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Of course, the guy gets shot. There's not.
1: You see no blood. Yeah, there's no real even, violence yeah. in it. It's not much. There's a,
0: a brief nudity a couple times during, uh, you know, a couple of the love yeah. scenes. There is the
1: there is is the attempted rape that was a little uncomfortable.
0: Was Since supposed it, yeah. to be. Yeah. Well. So, yeah. Yeah. You it's, know, it's supposed to be. So uh, that one love scene with him and his girlfriend that actually was shot really well. Yeah, that was a good scene. It wasn't really cheesy. It wasn't. It was different. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, and it wasn't trying to be super romantic and with the candles and the music and the soft focus. It was just. Hey, here's two people, you know, having sex in their bedroom. And yeah. It was real without yeah. being graphic or anything. Right, right. This was, I think, this is kind of a standout in the genre. For I me, agree. anyway, because it's a little different. Yep. But it's not different that it distracts you with it being different. You know what I
1: mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really good.
0: This is something I've been meaning to say a little... For a few podcasts now, we're what in with this is what 90 something now. We've been 91 91 of these. Every episode, I do the intro. I'm oh, sorry, the announcer does the intro, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we're at, in a different building each time.
1: Yes, the Phantasma Lounge moves, yeah.
0: And the name of the building changes every episode. Yes, anybody you get you, you get extra points if you can tell me what the name has to do with, with the, the podcast. Okay, because the name of the building that we're in always relates to something about the podcast. Something sometimes it's really kind of a, really obscure. Sometimes it's not so obscure. But it relates to something in the pot that has to do with the podcast. So bonus points to anybody that can tell me what the name of the building, each episode, has to do with the podcast. Drop a comment on the Facebook page. You can send us the email at Phantasmo after dark, at gmail. Uh, is it gmail.com? Yes. Yeah. Uh, phantasmode, all one word, gmail.com, or just comment on the Facebook page. Uh, you know, it'd be kind of cool to hear if anybody does catch it and know what the names are.
1: It's like a Easter egg in every episode. Yeah. Does at the, the beginning of every it? episode.
0: <laughs> They're not just random names I made up. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely has something to do with something in the podcast, whether it's one of the actors or a place or something. Indeed. Yeah. That's about it, I guess. I mean, you know, I can't say anything else about this. It's unless we break down scene by scene by scene by scene, and then what's the point of you watching it? If we do that.
1: Well, you should watch it. It was really good. I think that you guys will enjoy it. It's it's not maybe one of the typical films we normally do because it's not really a super genre film. Yeah, it's the not. A, it's of not the possession a horror part. film, right? And it's not really sci-fi or fantasy. No, it's got or a little supernatural whatever. element to it, yeah. but
0: it's not black exploitation horror film. It's not black yellow. Yeah, it's not dr black and mr hyde right but it's not hell comes to harlem or black caesar either yeah it's not an intense crime drama right yeah you know it's an odd little it doesn't fit really anywhere in there but it's a good little movie though indeed it is
1: well before we close out we have one last thing to do
0: yeah 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 we gotta the play the plan of the apes game indeed for those of you who are just tuning in. Very briefly. <laughs> briefly. We do this every episode where my buddy Clayton and I proved many years ago, long before the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. We can connect anything back to the Planet of the Apes, the original Planet of the Apes movies. So with that being said.
1: Yes. How does Glenn Turman relate to Planet of the Apes?
0: Glenn Turman to Planet of the Apes, huh? Okay. Glenn Turman. Glenn Turman.
1: He's done a ton.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll just say, well, Glenn Turman to Gremlins. Okay. Okay. Gremlins. Glenn Turman to Gremlins. Mm
1: hmm.
0: Okay. Gremlins to Gremlins 2.
1: Okay.
0: Christopher Lee was in Gremlins 2.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Christopher Lee was in, well, besides being in a ton of stuff, was in um, The Silent Flute. Okay. Rodney McDowell was in The Silent Flute. Okay. Playing the Apes.
1: Well, that was. Very simple, actually.
0: Yeah. Obscure, but... <laughs>
1: obscure, but simple. Good job.
0: Thank you, thank you. And there's probably a million other ways I could have gone with that, too. You indeed,
1: know. indeed, there probably was. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, about all I've got to say.
0: Yeah, that's about it. I mean, like I said, be be sure to check the Phantasma After Dark Facebook page. There'll be pictures up from the movie and the trailer and any other interesting bits of anything I can think to put up there. And. Mm-hmm. Drop us a line, you know, let you, let us know you're listening and if you liked it or you didn't or, you know, any suggestions you want us to talk about. Or just tell shut the hell up if you don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.
1: Good night.